Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Thursday Simply Cyber Live. I'm your host, Gerald Ozier, and every Thursday we bring in industry experts to talk about cool cybersecurity industry things. And today, although it wasn't scheduled, you you may have seen a pop-up if you, if you uh, got here. So you're on the inside track, you're the insiders. Guys, we are doing a complete episode on cyber threat intel. I titled it Cyber Threat Intel Exposed. You may think you know Cyber Threat Intel is, but today we're going to be joined by Eric Taylor and Joel Belton, both who are working on the defensive side of the house, both who are deep into Cyber Threat Intelligence and curating it, analyzing it, writing reports based on it, and making decisions to help reduce risk for organizations based on that intel. We are going to do all sorts of theory today. Why do you have it? How do you implement it? What's valuable? What's stupid? And... Eric and Joel are going to be sharing some of the resources, tips, tricks, and techniques that they use in order to be more effective at using Cyber Threat Intel. It's going to be a wicked awesome episode. Stay tuned. We're going to have a good time. All right, Joel. All right, Eric. How are you guys doing? Hey, how you doing? What's going on? I love it. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, chat. Um, you know, guys, this was a renegade pop-up. I came up with this idea about 30 minutes ago. And because Eric Taylor and Joel Belton are such killer experts and awesome, awesome members of the Simply Cyber community, I pitched the idea. They said, let's do it. And here they are. I see B-Second here, Pamela, Lacey Cochran, Paula Terranova. Great to see you all. All right. So, guys, we're talking cyber threat intel. Eric, let's just jump right into it. What, what is cyber threat intel? <laughs> All right, so it literally is a collection of artifacts from known uh, IOCs, indicators of compromise that you can be able to search upon and see if it's impacted your specific organization. Okay, so is it technical? Is it so? Is threat intelligence exclusively technical IICs? This IP address, this registry yes. key, this URL—is that what it is? I mean, for the most part, I'd say ninety percent of it. But ah, <laughs> All right, you go so there, Joel, eat your ice cream. <laughs> Joel, Joel's, Joel's disputing this. Joel, uh, what, 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 what do you, uh, what do you think threat intel is versus what Eric is stating? So, I mean, threat intel actually, it, it has different caveats, right? So, and you know incident response world and stuff like that yeah it's it's going to be your iocs it's going to be stuff like that but when you actually start looking at cyber threat intel as a whole it, it it's brought it's more broad than that mm -hmm. um you can start actually looking at like the ransomware groups as a structure like what tooling sets are they using um just recently um i i did some work writing a a, a paper for a client on you know the landscape itself um so different you know different groups splintering off like mm -hmm. at uh, the very beginning with the russia ukraine um you know war conflict whatever you want to call it uh various groups taking sides of that political climate and you know conti originally came out and said you know they supported russia and then internally they had their own you know, tool sets, CVEs that they used, um, as well as internal traffic that you, you could see those that 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 group started to break down. And now we're actually starting to see tertiary effects and ripples throughout the entire threat intel system of, you know, individuals are actually leaving certain groups and you're, you're starting to see a wide range of changes. So, is it I mean, is it based exclusively around uh, like is it mostly centered around the Russian Ukraine conflict and the and the, like the alliances that are formed from that or is that was that just the first domino that tipped things over and now everything's going kind of bananas? I mean that that's kind of a a, a big thing that's happened, but I wouldn't say it's centrally located. I mean, there's you have the the Lockbit 3.0 breach or you know how you know what have you. Um, you know disclosure Encryption, or whatever encryption leak yeah yeah um and then you just you there's there's so much stuff that's happening it, it's more than just you know iocs ip addresses um you know hash values and stuff but in when it comes to like incident response and eric eric can kind of tell you that's mm -hmm. where it really shines but where threat intel kind of gets you know forgotten about is the strategic level like yeah um when you go to a business and say, because you're in manufacturing or because you're in healthcare 
or because you're in a known um, type of industry, there are certain threat actors that'll use certain uh, C2 nodes like Cobalt Strike or Brute Rattel. You know, they'll use different tool sets and those different tool sets will tell you what those different indicators are. So you can actually use threat intel to know by industry and it'll give a, a better industry so you can focus your efforts on you know certain protections that you can put in place yeah to, I, um, go, go ahead off of that to piggyback off of that you know not only the industry but the certain software that's inside of an organization you know much like a lot of companies still use an on-premise exchange server you know whether it's been fully patched or not there's still iocs and there's still certain uh cves things of that nature that are tied to that specific line of software that will be very valuable so that way your security operations system that's you're doing your day-to-day -day can keep an eye out for those things and build out what's called yama rules and mm -hmm. other things that are, be an early level of detection for it so yeah yeah and it's important to note for chat um and, and folks watching this potentially on replay eric taylor um, as I said in the beginning, defensive uh, security practitioner, but he he does a lot of work within the uh, incident response space. So when he was talking about threat intel, yes, that tactical transactional pieces of threat intelligence are very valuable. And Joel is kind of in a different space, uh, more at that strategic level. So it's really important for you to understand that threat intel isn't one type of thing, and it actually kind of goes across the entire spectrum of a of a business and of a security operation so uh joel let me let me ask you for that strategic threat intelligence how do you how do you get it is it always post-mortems of victim organizations or are there other techniques that you like to employ to get that strategic level threat intel um so i mean it it, it varies really um the majority of it unfortunately is yeah, you, you're you're going through the the dark web and you're looking at you know the poor suckers that uh, that got breached. You know the the ransomware groups and threat actors that they do they do like to brag. Um, you know, saying you know, and sometimes they they lie, right? Mm -hmm. um, they'll no. say <laughs> right, tr truthful threat actors. Why? <laughs> um, but no, I mean, so that's kind of part of it is actually looking through. And seeing okay did they really get you know company xyz information or did they not um and you know working for various groups well uh, so so yeah. can i ask you really quickly because i listened to jack reciter's darknet diaries the other day about mm -hmm. the r evil episode yep. and uh, this is a really specific instance, but I think it'll help illustrate threat intelligence. If you recall, in, I want to say like 2019, 2018 timeframe, a very well-known uh, well New York City-based law firm actually got compromised by our evil or, or claimed to have been compromised by our evil. And they had celebrity clients, including Elton John, ah. Lady Gaga, Donald Trump. Right. And they said, you're going to pay this ransom or we're going to release the information. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we never heard anything else about it. Um, I don't, like it was under it wasn't understood whether they paid the ransom or if the threat actors were uh, bluffing that they had this information. Maybe they had scraped something. And they were trying to bluff it um, for something like that. Joel, how, how would your threat intelligence skill set and techniques and maybe you, you did some stuff related to that? How, how would that play out in that particular instance? Um, so actually with, with re-evil, I mean, also you can kind of look at, you know, dark side and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you just look at kind of their, their history, right? Are these threat act, are they known to be truthful? Um, like I know a few times you've said, uh, on your, your, your morning briefings that, you know, it's a business. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of these, especially in like ransomware, they're going to treat it like a business and the the funny thing is a lot of ransomware uh they, they have better customer service than a lot of you know legitimate uh companies and because they see it as a business so with like re-evil and stuff like that you you just kind of look at their historics mm -hmm. of you know how truthful are they um you know and how they they kind of handle themselves mm. so Eric, uh, flipping back to you, um, for, you know, even whether it's that case or it's a different case, uh, looking more at the transactional tactical level um, threat intelligence that you were referring to, 
Are you getting that postmortem? Are you trying to goad the threat actors to kind of give up some of their uh, infrastructure, give up some of their, 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 you know, kind of tip their hand and give you some indicator on where to even begin looking or sniff? What's it look like from your point of view? Yeah, so a lot of the threat actors, they do have the signature, you know, if it is um, Black Casta, we definitely know that Black Casta primarily operates off of RDP, ransomware deployment protocol, or email phishing. Uh, Lockbit does somewhat, but Lockbit does a lot of CVE uh, stuff. So, you know, depending on what the threat actor is, then we know kind of what their their default uh, TTPs are and they can we can start looking at that information and see how they did you know if we start seeing uh like like lockbit is not known really for using mimi cats a whole lot um they they typically use cobalt strike so if we see a network that's been impacted by lockbit but we're seeing traces of mimi cats inside of that network we're like Okay, either we got someone potentially pretending to be Lockbit, or we had multiple threat actors into this organization at one time. Lockbit just happened to, you know, seal that envelope up front or whatever. So we use a lot of that threat intel to figure out, you know, not only our own from historic of our cases, but a lot of the other um, DFIR firms uh, across the country that are even internationally that have seen that type of stuff. Yeah, that actually brings up an interesting question that I have. <laughs> um, I guess I'm calling it interesting, but it just, it, this is almost more for me. Um, what it, What's the level of collaboration and information sharing among the good guys when it comes to threat intelligence? It's hard. So now, like, even though we have a little bit of relationship with Recorded the Future and Kroll and Mandiant and things of that nature, um, just because of the SANS classes and some of the other organizations that we've actually met through, um, you know, from a company, so like Barricade Cyber cannot just go to Mandiant and be like, hey, how about you share some threat intel? They'll give me the proverbial middle finger and tell me where to kick, right? So we use threat intel feeds to hopefully do a lot of that collaboration. Um, and, you know, there's the free open sources like the Alien Vault OTX, um, and there's some other ones that are out there that are escaping me to full paid on threat intel feeds. And they're not all considered the same by any means. Some of it is just, you know, regurgitated stuff that you would see on OTX a day or two before. Mm -hmm. You know, and you're paying $10,000 for a junk feed that you could have pulled from a free resource. Mm -hmm. um, and some of it's really, really good threat intel, right? So it's um, there's even threat intel feeds that are specific to your business. You know, like Joel said, you know, if you're in the manufacturing, if you're in healthcare, if you're, um, you're in uh, utilities, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes along, along with those type of threats. And CISA, what Jen Easterly is, helping push a lot of that communication forward. So, you know, hats off to CISA for at least sharing some of that threat intel from some of those industries that are being heavily targeted, like the schools and uh, infrastructure. Yeah. Uh, final question. Unless, Joel, did you have a comment? It looked like you wanted to say something about that. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw somebody put in chat MISP. Um, MISP is great for like IOC sharing. So mm -hmm. it's through sticks and tasky, uh, taxi and stuff like that. Uh, but really what we're, we're getting at is like the actual feeds. So um, I know I have so many places I get feeds, uh, usually in the wonderful value of free. Um, so like, I mean, there's feedly, uh, you can pull RSS feeds from, and you, you see how we do our, uh, threat briefings in the morning. You see a lot of them are like from bleeping computer. Um, what are some of the other ones that I use? The uh, register. Crubs, crubs, yeah. Register. Yeah, crubs on yeah. security. So you can, you can see on some of those other articles that you can get those feeds, pull them from RSS, uh, pull them through the RSS, uh, application. And you can get stuff like that. And, but again, that's going to be your post-mortem stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and the stuff where I'm working at is when you start joining things called ISACs. Um, so I'm part of uh, a healthcare ISAC because I, I have a client in the healthcare field. But mm -hmm. there you're actually focused on those, like I said before, those industries. So, <clears throat> so you're able to you know join that community and they do like their monthly or weekly um 
meetings and you're able to get that that intel sharing um that you're you're actually looking for um and you guys can collaborate and here's what i'm seeing in this you know this company here's what you know that type of um cooperation through the communities yeah and i'm just going to pull it up on stream here you guys can see this is the national council of isacs um and there's isacs for all of these these are member only isacs so you have to prove that you're a legitimate person working at a legitimate organization obviously bad guys could get around that if they wanted but um there's automotive isac aviation isac natural gas isac elections electricity there, there's really one for most industries there's two for healthcare which is kind of funny um the maritime so uh this is the isac that uh joel is referring to not to yeah. not to jump on you there, Joel. How, no, Joel, no. so let me ask you, because um, I know for some of the IOCs, you can with sticks and stuff, you can configure your SIM, your EDR, your whatever security tooling you want to ingest these IOCs and kind of dynamically update. But a report from uh, the register or bleeping computer or something like that requires analysis and reading. So mm -hmm. how, when you're doing that level of threat intelligence, how much time? Are you spending consuming some report and then like do you, what do you do with it do you distill it do you extract key points do you make a confidence decision based on that intel or what what do you do with it uh, all the above i spent like i i spend literally 40 plus hours i mean most of my weeks are 60 hours plus um yeah literally you just get used to you know reading very quickly of you know these reports <clears throat> but yeah in a lot of those reports if you actually look they'll actually they'll have hyperlinks to iocs um and then yeah based on that you aggregate that and then you can literally pull those into a misp instance so for the company i work for we have a industry-wide misp instance that you know we pull various clients into that that sim and we're able to match those um those uh logs and those type of iocs to what we're seeing and you know you, you can also set up rules and you can set up your firewalls to i mean there's some really cool whiz bang um technologies that you can use mm -hmm. to just do that automatically so yeah, when you're looking at threat intel feeds and you're like joel saying you're ingesting this stuff you really got to say okay what over the over the course or the last 10 cases and feeds that you looked at what are the common variables right and then you can build out your your threat your iocs your threat intel already it's like okay the vss admin uh shadow all delete is definitely one wmic commands is definitely one you know powershell encoding is definitely one so you have your your base set of intel that you're always looking at all the time whether you're running a sock or a dfir firm and then you're looking at these reports like, okay, what is new that I don't know about already? Um, Grand, you're always going to have your IP addresses that you're going to need to go through and see has any of our devices communicated with that stuff. But, you know, from a tactical standpoint of what was executed, what was manipulated, register keys and stuff like that, what is new that you didn't know about already? And like, um, Casley Joseph said, you know, with MIS, especially when we're building it out internally, you know, we can easily see that kind of stuff. It's like, okay this is what's different and what's new and you're able to quickly be able to adapt to the newer threats but it takes time otherwise mm -hmm. if you just go to these threat intel feeds it you might as well just call the fire department and tell them to open up the hose into your mouth because that's <laughs> about what the information is going to be like to you it's so much information you, you really got to look at this stuff so if you're looking to get into threat intel definitely definitely look at the major players and figure out what their commonalities are first then take that into your internal organization implement that get those threat intel feeds you know simple things like our new services being created i could i cannot tell you how many internal it people do not look for something as simple as that you know audit your service creations you'll be able to filter them down it's like okay these are trusted yes you know adobe and chrome and stuff like that every time it updates it uninstalls and reinstalls those services but you could filter that stuff out mm -hmm. but again 
just don't call the fire department out front. <laughs> just don't do it. I like it. I like it. So, so Eric, let me ask you, and then I'll, uh, after you respond, I'll get. I want Joel's thoughts on this. What do cyber pros get wrong about cyber threat intel? Like, what what are people? What are mis misconceptions that people have, and uh, you see it time and time again with with uh, newbies, if you will. The rush to quick judgment. Yo, you've now, always got. That? So. A lot of times, especially when I was very early in forensics, uh, I would as soon as I seen two artifacts pop up, I'm like, oh, it's it's these guys, it's these guys, and that has burned me. You know, the one thing that we get taught in a lot of our classes, until you have actual proof, everything is I believe the evidence is showing me things of that nature. So never ever be quick to make assumptions until you have all the facts laid out. The other thing I could say is go start create a template you know if you're in dfir there's several dfir templates that are out there that are put out by recorded future CrowdStrike, things of that nature um that you can be able to put all of your stuff in a timeline build a timeline of these things that way you know again back to the fire department you know when you're starting ingesting your logs and you're looking at this stuff it's a lot of information and being able to figure out did that happened before or after this other one and how are these starting to go in an excel sheet is your friend it really really is yeah i'm pulling up a um just like a a graphic i typed in differ template so we'll see we'll see how uh how much value this is but uh whoops so i don't know if, like i'm kind of curious if this is like um a template that would be along the lines of what you're what you're asking and i do want to give credit to malia kelly at fadv.com she's got the copyright there in the bottom um just looking at this really quick eric is this kind of what you're talking about when you say a template no, go on go on and google and just do crowdstrike incident response tracker all right i'll do that let me see crowdstrike I, yep incident response tracker it'll go to a landing page you'll have to give them some information i promise you they're not going to call um yeah. they just want to see who's actually downloading it <laughs> all right yeah, I'll have to do that afterwards because I'm I'm in a different uh, application right now. But I'll I'll do that. Yeah. I will do that. So it's a pretty good setup. I mean, we don't use that one anymore, but it's a really mm -hmm. really good setup for people to start using. Joel, same question for you, man. What do people get wrong about cyber threat intel? I mean, that's oh man, that's <laughs> that's a vague question. Um, mm -hmm. Just uh, attribution of threat actors. If you actually look at, you know, like CrowdStrike, Mandiant, uh, MITRE, they, they are tracking, you know, APTs and other groups. But if you look, they're not tracking them under the same name. <laughs> so just attribution, you know, if, you know, it's uh, like my favorite right now is uh, Carbon Spider. If you look at Carbon Spider, <laughs> yeah. but then you go to MITRE and it's Fin7. Yep. Like you really have to get good about figuring out who's tracking what, what they're actually looking for. Um, and that's, I mean, that's really half the battle of, and also knowing that it, you're, it's not going to be perfect unless yeah. you, unless you have a full-time team that has infiltrated those threat groups, you, you're just not going to know it's, it's a guessing game. So, I, I will I will tell you too um the number one thing that gets me um right the number thing the number one thing that gets me so mad so mad because it took me years to to figure it out is that you know uh fin 7 is rusty spider or whatever you said or like you know cobalt uh like um uh, whatever Lazarus group is apt 38 is what I mean Lazarus group doesn't have a bunch of names but some of these some of these threat actor groups it's like the the security it, it pisses me off like the security industry can we not have a, a standard naming convention a taxonomy it's so annoying it's so annoying I, I it really bothers me like I like form I like structure I like organization and when you have like five different names for the same threat actor it confuses the defenders when we're trying to share Intel it, it's it's it helps the bad guys and that's why it makes me so mad so anyways, well, like, I don't know how you guys feel about that, but it really grinds my gears. Yeah, I mean, anybody who watches me knows I love my CrowdStrike. And I know CrowdStrike, Mandiant, and Recorder of the Future, when you're in their paid intel, threat intel feeds, it'll literally say, also known as, boop, 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 boop. So they'll have their name, 
that they love to come up with, but they'll also list the miter name. They'll mm-hmm. list, you know, what Mandiant's calling them and, you know, recorded futures calling them and stuff like that. So they're, they're, I do see a little bit of that going in space right now. Yeah. I, uh, I, I've seen that as well. Miter, I know does on some of them that they know that they're tracking. Um, but I actually have a Google sheets that I'm, I'm part of a, a small closed knit community that that's, that's all that Google sheet is, is going, okay, this threat actor has been seen, you know, this, this threat actor has been known for this and at, even to attribution for country. Um, so yeah, like <laughs> it, it, that, that's just one of the things, but also just, other things that you know, cyber the the cyber uh, community gets wrong about threat intel is we don't know everything. Uh, mm-hmm. I know I've had a client of you know, soon as it hit, uh, I I love and hate Twitter all at the same time, but yeah. as soon <laughs> yeah. as it hit Twitter, the the this particular client would be on 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 Twitter. It's like, what do you know about this? I'm like, dude, like it literally just hit 30 seconds ago <laughs> give me some time to investigate it and and then i'll let you know like i i i'm, I'm not god I, I i don't i'm not the 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 know-all be-all um so yeah just this threat intel themselves people like to think that oh well you're an intelligence you should know it's like well sure but there are there are processes there are methods to the madness uh, I got a I got a fun question for you, Joel. Um, so you know, in in our careers, we you know we eventually we make mistakes, right? Like everybody mm-hmm. kind of makes mistakes, learns from them, and grows. Come on, Eric Taylor, Eric. <laughs> so I'm kind of curious. Usually, it's like an IT horror story, like patching something on Friday and then breaking it, or <laughs> I I brought down production before. Um, you know, in threat intel, I mean, do you do you have like a kind of a a, a horror story, <laughs> uh, so, some you know some like oops that you did uh, just to kind of illustrate a, a learning uh, opportunity? Make the time, me. Yeah, Joel. Oh yeah, okay. Um, so far, not not yet. Knock on wood. Um, there there, are, there have been a few close calls of. Mm-hmm. Uh, just false attribution, you know, just going back to, like I said, just trying to attribute, you know, looking at, you know, from the, the SOC side, you see alerts and stuff coming on. You see, you know, oh, you know, you see this, this IOC, you know, this IP address has been linked to ransomware and the C2 node. And you're like, oh, you know, and then you're, you're trying to attribute that to a, uh, a threat actor. Sometimes, yeah, you, you don't really want to jump too fast. Um, and I made a really bad call and, uh, think, you know, thanks for superior supervisors, but, uh, they, they basically <laughs> stopped me from calling the client and ripping the, 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 you know, the, the fire alarm and just no, kind of talked it out and talked it out. And it's like, Oh, okay. So, so all right, yeah. so the the learning opportunity is, uh, you know, be careful with attribution, right? But but at some point, you're never going to have all the puzzle pieces, right? You're right. not going to illuminate the whole room, so you do have to take that uh, that approach. I, I did see Robert Lee's blog around threat intelligence reporting using very specific terminology like uh, mm-hmm. high confidence, moderate confidence. Mm-hmm. What what those definitions mean for that? Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I, I think that we might be able to use that type of information. I saw a question from Alana. I'm going to uh, ask that, but Eric, I want to throw the question to you, the same question, because it, it is always fun if there is like a, a mistake or a, you know, an oopsie kind of moment. Uh, any any uh, stories from the trenches around oops? The time that I hacked NASA when I was a kid? <laughs> no, we won't go into that one. That one's been covered many times. Um, now the, I think I'll go, I'll go back to when you know, I made false assumptions early on thinking, you know, a certain threat actor was in a network when it really wasn't them just because of certain IOCs, um, you know, that was related to a different uh, threat actor. So um, that and, you know, making sure that you, you know, you're documenting everything as you go. Just like when we've discussed several times when you're doing a penetration test, you're documenting all your findings and stuff as you go. You're definitely doing that, whether you're on the security side or your DFIR side. You got you got to document it, otherwise you're going to get mixed up very very quickly. Um, you know, it took me a long time. The one thing I really struggled with 
was changing everything in our threat feeds over to UTC as a standard because a lot of our clients are in different time zones and God help us. Joel can I'm sure test us as well. Not all threat feeds are in the same uniform code either. So you got to convert all that stuff over and you're just like, Oh, Jiminy Christmas. Right. Um, so it's, there's some learning lessons from the trenches that, yeah, that is really interesting. I feel like that's one very specific example of like the actual reality versus kind of the way like the jobs explained or the way you study in school for a certain job or the way you watch YouTube videos. Like no one questions that the, the logs are all aggregated to, to correlate perfectly together. You just kind of assume like, Oh, of course they are like, of course they're all in my time zone. Of course. And, um, it's just not, it's just not the case. <laughs> yeah. yeah so especially that, when you have a client that's got multiple locations over multiple time zones or in different countries. Like I had a case uh, three months ago, you know, we had some people that were in Texas and some of them that were literally in Ukraine and trying to bounce forward, back and forth, you know, okay, this workstation was in Ukraine from this date to this date. So that timestamp was that. And then they, they came back to the States and first they landed in um, um, JFK, spent three hours there. So I had to block that out. So any time, any logs that were there were that time zone, it can get really hairy, really effing quick. Mm. So Inter yeah, be, be definitely. So I, let me ask you, uh, Eric, what, what is your like, you know, some of your go-to threat intel resources that are not paid. So people in chat could, you know, could, could check them out, could, could like basically get their hands dirty and get a little bit of a vibe of what we're talking about here. Um, OTX, uh, Alien Vault, they've got a free, that's a free version. You can pay to get into some of their more advanced feeds or some more created leads that are put on by some of the authors. Um, I, uh, CISA, they put out their own uh, thread intel reports they just put one out not so long ago about the hive ransomware using screen connect so they listed ip addresses they listed these other things um i'm a huge fan of the dfi report.com uh, i get paid part of that's paid subscription but they have a ton of stuff on their website that you can be able to ingest um so those are three resources i would yeah. highly highly recommend I'm, I'm pulling these up right now. I'm going to show them on the screen really quick so people can see them. And then I'll drop links in chat for the 44 plus people who are joining us right now. Here is the differ report that, um, that Eric just mentioned. Um, Eric, what, so is this something you subscribe to and get an email? Is this something you visit daily and look at? What, what do we do with this? Yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't subscribe to an IOS, um, RSS feed, but I do subscribe to the Intel feed. So we, I'm constantly getting emails on the latest C2 servers, the late, latest Cobalt Strike servers, things of that nature. So they do have a paid subscription, um, for that stuff, but all right. Yeah. You need, I you like need it. You need to Go add uh, you need to add those C2s for BRC4 now. You know that, right? Yeah, yeah, don't get me started on that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what what is a what's a what do you mean the C2 for the BRC4? Like so um, C2s would be command and control, so that's like uh, threat actor uh, infrastructure for managing their their attacks. But what's this BRBC thing or <laughs> Yeah, so, so there was a guy which company did it come from again joel was it uh, crowdstrike or hold on i'm gonna find out so but it's anyways uh brute ryle or rotel c4 which is the new thing from it's supposed to be the replacement of cobalt strike and i forget who i'm pulling it up right now um there was a ba one of the badger? guys was it was the company called badger it may have been it may have or been or is that just a nickname yeah no that's definitely his nickname um, Dark Vortex came from, I don't know, we'll figure it out. Um, yeah. but he came from one of the big, big Fortune 500 companies, um, built, you know, this command and control system that you can buy. And this thing is effing ruthless. Mm -hmm. It really, really is. I, I paid for, paid for it a little while ago, which actually reminded me cause I need to spin that back up again, um, play with it some more, but this thing will walk through some stuff yeah you know? it was it was literally designed um so cobalt strike i mean cobalt strike's been around for years and people have known that threat actors like to use it um so with brc4 it was literally created to hide its beacons like it, it's not a traditional beaconing that like cobalt strike has 
Oh, so okay. it's, not called, it's not called Nighthawk Lacey. That's a different one. That's a very good one, but it's not that one. I just I just put the link there, Gerald, in the in the green room chat there for you. Yeah, uh, I'll bring it. I'll bring it up on screen for everybody. I've got the threat feed stuff too, uh, on stream here. So we're, let's take a look at it. This is Brute Rattel. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, it's it's gnarly. Um, and the and this is what I was saying with the strategic level, you're able to see threat actors are you know pulling this and this is where it's very helpful is because now you know that you're no longer looking for cobalt strike beacons you're looking for a mixture of these and you this know this is not this is nuts dude oh yeah it, it is and for two thousand two hundred dollars you too can be, I'll be a threat actor or you could just download it from your local. Don't, uh, uh, hush, hush, <laughs> hush. Uh, please, no, no, we don't need any more. Please. I mean, so you know, threat actors are going to threat act, but this is incredibly cheap, uh, com competitively priced for what you're getting. Uh, yeah, don't do that. By the way, um, threat actors are actually they cracked it, and they're actually installing malware. So mm. now, if you don't know what you're doing, now you're installing malware to use as your c2 node yeah yeah don't don't uh <laughs> we, we, we cover that in the daily cyber threat briefing every morning there's like at least one story about like trojanized software being you know delivered via torrent or today was like simu some hundred thousand download mobile mm -hmm. app that was malware um so and just to kind of take it back really quick to um alien vault this is this is alien vault right here i've logged into it this is free and i've logged into it you can see here um, you know, this is just uh, five hours ago, Intel, eight hours ago, Intel. I'm sure there's a way to pull um, a little bit more or pull IOCs, right? Yep. Yeah. There you go right there. So, there you, there's a way to download them as a CSV file and import them into your yeah. EDR. Yeah, it's right there at the top. There's a download. So if you have an account, you can download all the IOCs. Uh, yeah, this is very, CSV. if you're um, on a shoestring budget and uh, you're multi, you know, multi had it or matrix BSEC, for example, right? Like someone who's like a network engineer, but also because one time you stood up in a meeting and said something about security or somehow now also responsible for information security. This is a really great option right here. And as you can see on some of these feeds, you, you see it's mapped to the MITRE ATT&CK framework. Yeah. Now, somebody actually somebody actually put this in. So there may be errors, but for the most part, if you use it from you know, trusted feeds and people that, I mean, there's constantly people putting uh, information in there. If you use, you know, reputable um, and and valid, you follow them, mm -hmm. you can pretty much get a good idea on mapping it to the, the framework. Very cool. I, I do like that. And we're seeing a lot of uh, security tooling, whether it's, um, you know, like threat intel feeds or it is uh, EDR solutions, attack emulation, whatever. MITRE ATT&CK is baked into everything now. It's It really has become kind of the standard taxonomy uh, for, for, I guess, communicating what parts of the attack uh, sequence are are related to the different indicators compromise. I posted a link there in the chat there for you. So this is like what they what CISA is releasing uh, as publications for their IOC. So that way you can they'll start looking at it as well. If you want to open yeah. that up, it's up yep. to you. I got it. So you can sign up for this. It'll be probably delivered to your inbox or a link mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. to, to pull this down. I love it. Yeah. So you've got your high level summary, which is good. The technical details for, uh, you know, the nerds in the back, which is always good. You can see here, this is MITRE ATT&CK. Um, I mean, it doesn't say MITRE ATT&CK, but this is MITRE ATT&CK's uh, numbering convention. So it's definitely MITRE ATT&CK. Um, yeah, this is fantastic. Actionable, simple, straight to the point. Here's IOCs. Um, yeah, this is great. Way to go. Dude, again, I like you're not going to meet a bigger fan of Jen Easterly than this guy. Like I, I love. I know she didn't write this report, but I feel like under her her stewardship. Yeah, we didn't we didn't have this kind of intel coming from CISA before Jen. I can tell you that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. B sex right. Threat intel means you get to read all day. Uh, it, it it's not get to read. <laughs> it's have to read. To read. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. And here I'm going to drop this link in chat for everybody. This is a great one to bookmark. This is kind of like the daily feed right basically as things come in they just they get dumped to the top of here you can also hit it as an rss feed uh yeah. if you want that doesn't look good but your rss feeder will look good 
Uh, maybe we'll bring this into the uh, Simply Cyber Discord server as a feed. That would be pretty good. I like yeah, I it. Have, I have it through a couple of my... So I use Slack for for uh, some, some company business, and I actually have it pulled in through Slack. Smart. I like it. Mm -hmm. I like it. So what... Uh, what other um, type of, uh, I guess, resources are you guys using? Are you are you going are you going onto like tour in the dark web and like is that part of your day to day activity or like? Mm -hmm. And you don't have to show us that type of stuff on stream if you don't want to. But what is the benefit of doing that? And where where how are you navigating in the dark web, Joel? So yeah, um, day to day, literally. Um going through uh the dark web and you're you're able to now of course doing research and stuff like that you know various threat actor uh tour nodes so you're able to actually log onto their websites their their data breach forums um if you're pretty slick then you're, you're able to create sock puppet accounts and stuff like that and then you you and you literally engage with those threat actors on tour um i don't do that um Looks like Joel, froze Joel just got tickered down by a threat actor. Yeah, Joel just got hammered by a threat actor. No, you're good. You're good. You pause for a second. Just finish your last thought, Joel. Oh, uh, man. Somebody's dosing me. Um, <laughs> but Oh, keynote. Come in tomorrow because we're going to talk about DDoSing. <laughs> Love it. But uh, so so where did I where did I stop at? Uh, you, you were talking, talking about, about making you... soft puppet accounts and stuff like that for yeah, and engaging with the accounts. tour. Yeah. So yeah, I don't specifically do that. Um, there are other intelligence services like Intel four seven one and stuff like that. They they do um, threat actor engagements and and stuff like that. So there are other intel services that that do that. My day to day is usually looking for uh, data breaches. You know, just seeing kind of what are they saying on their forums. You know, are they uh, I have various telegram accounts that are linked to the, the, the dark web that literally they're, they're polling, you know, what's going to be our next, uh, you know, victim. And they're literally voting on, uh, what the victim is. I know lapsus did that. Um, and I was literally watching literally them voting and then they were going to attack that particular, uh, customer. Yeah. It was uh, very anonymous. Like. And, yeah, that yeah. sounds very on brand for Lapsus, which is very, you know, adolescent and, you know, less restrained. <laughs> but for threat intel, if, if you see that's coming down, even as a poll, and, you know, if that's your specific, uh, either a client or is if that's your specific industry or if that's your specific, your specific company, it's good to know that they're, they're actually targeting that person. So love it. What about, what about you, Eric? How are you using the dark web day to day? I live there. Really? Okay. You got <laughs> Pretty much. You've got a you've got a, a small uh, like a tiny home uh, on yeah. a nice nice piece of land out in the dark web. <laughs> yeah, just go into the shed and just close the door and just be in there. <laughs> dark trench coat and everything. No, I mean, yeah, I do spend a fair amount on the dark web. I I'm constantly in the chat forums, you know, translating from Russian to English and everything like that. Because a lot of them do speak it, Ukraine, Russia, um, Korean. Hold on, hold on. So do you just have like Google Translator open and you copy and paste it into Google Translator? Is that what Hell you're yeah. doing? Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. cool. I, I always make a joke that with my kids. Here's a fun jazz joke for you. I can speak any, Eng uh, any language but Greek and you'll start speaking something. I'm like, sorry, that's Greek to me. <laughs> oh. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. That was a good, I do like that one. Um, I do like that one. All right. So you're living up on the dark web. Like how do you guys the chat forms and all that stuff? And we, you know, we start seeing, you know, what they're talking about. We start seeing, you know, are there new, um, are, are the threat actors recruiting for new, um, new, uh, affiliates. Sorry. Mm -hmm. So a lot of them are ransomware as a service or threat actor as a service, things of that nature. So you have, you know, like we talked about earlier, there is a corporate identity for them. And then they hire a bunch of subcontractors that will get paid once, you know, the threat or the victim actually pays up. So 
Um, it looks like we're getting challenged to start translating in Google Translate by Adam PV. I there. love it. Yeah. Hey, and just to say hi to people in chat. Hi, hi, Cyber Munchkin. Lane, what's up? Good to see you, Pamela. Uh, you know, uh, Lane with the carry joke, which was good. Adam dropping the Greek. BSEX got a great question. Um, Joel, I mean, do you have, like, when you were seeing that polling going on, did you get, feel any obligation or did you not want to tip your hand um, by notifying those companies that were basically it, it candidates? It, it depended on, um, like I said, I work for an organization. I work for an MSSP that, that has those various clients, right? So if there were, none of them were my clients, um, but, you know, if they were, then yeah, we definitely notify them. But the problem is too, if you try and be a vigilante to everybody, uh, you could literally tip your hand. And now they know that somebody's squawking that's in their forums. So yeah. you do kind of have to play that, you know, if it's not me, I hate it for you type of type of mentality. Um, but if you're able to kind of like skirt, you know, the the anonymous side of like, hey, <laughs> you may be targeted. Uh, here's the form that you might want to check out type of mm -hmm. type of thing. Then, yeah, I mean, I, I know. Yeah, but I mean, we're not going to start sending people to XXS. So, I mean, no. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <so. laughs> Well, and I'll tell you just from my own personal experience, you guys do this a lot more than I do, but um, I have come across some stuff in my travels um, that was clearly a problem for a company that was clearly a small business that clearly had nobody doing security for them. And I reached out to them to tell them that they had a problem and that they really should take, you know, take, take a look at it or have somebody take a look at it. And um, they never replied to me. And I followed up one other time. I, you know, I made it clear. I'm like, I'm not trying to extort money from you. I'm not trying to sell service to you. Like, I'm literally just, you know, I'm telling you that you dropped your wallet and I want you should pick it up. And uh, they never replied or anything like that. So even when you try to tell an organization, you have no, uh, not authority, but they don't know you from a hole in the wall. And yeah. you could be lying, right? You could be trying to to, to dupe and, and, and uh, scam them. So you know, BSEC, altruistically speaking, yeah, it, it, you know, it'd be great to tell them like, hey, you should be on the lookout. You're, you're definitely going to be next. But in practice, it does not really work that way because most people are cynical or I'm cynical and a lot of people are cynical. <laughs> well, I mean, just just put your put yourself in their situation too. somebody I don't know. And think about what we tell everybody. If you receive an email from somebody you don't know, you're not expecting. Don't I know. Click on it. Yeah. Like everybody's been taught that or at least should be. And they're they're literally doing what they've been told. Okay, there's there's an email from somebody I don't know that I wasn't expecting, and Talking I'm not all gonna, sorts of nonsense. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not even gonna bother to open it. Right? It's true. I guess we're too good at our jobs. Uh, we're too good at our jobs. Adam wants to know um, any recent threat activity from other countries besides Russia. Eric's nodding his head. Eric, what do you, what do we got? What what's on the Cuba, docket? Cuba is a massive player right now. Uh, what? You, yeah. There, there's right. even Cuba ransomware group. Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually, I just, it's funny you say that. Like, I'm, I'm saying, what? But then at the same time, I literally just saw right yeah, here. A, yeah, right there. The yeah, number Cuba one. Ransom, yeah. They've right. been so around. Keep, 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 keep talking. So, yeah, Cuba, we got people that are getting spun back up again out of Ukraine. We're seeing a lot of South America stuff going on right now. Um, I've seen some stuff from Italy. Um, it, it's a global thing. It really China. is. China's, China's always a given though. Russia, China. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, hey real quick. Uh, I see on LinkedIn, Edward Gross uh, mentions he's not seeing the links that we're talking about. Edward, uh, jump on the YouTube streams if you can. Go to go to Simply Cyber YouTube or youtube.com slash Simply Cyber slash Gerald Dozier, whatever, and get in on the YouTube chat. You'll see a lot more stuff over there or and really anyone over on the LinkedIn side. Um, okay, so yeah, China, obviously, but Cuba is kind of a... To me, I guess, kind of a surprise. When you said South America, um, I know Lapsus kind of got taken down out of England, but there was a lot of Brazilian action going on. Are mm -hmm. we seeing Brazil as a major threat actor right now? Yeah, Brazil and some other countries, yeah. I, I don't want to get in too far into it, but I would just say that entire continent of South America, be on the watch out for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it makes you wonder, too. Um, you know, if you think about economics, right, like people who may not necessarily be criminals, if they're painted into a corner, if they need to feed their kids, if they lost their job, if, if times are tough, people will do things that they need to do in order to 
get what they need to get. Um, so I'm wondering as the recession looms, as you know, you know, a war is happening in Eastern Europe, uh, which affects jobs opportunities, tons and tons and tons and tons of businesses left Russia when they invaded, right? So I mean, a lot of people lost their jobs, people are hungry. Obviously, there's revolution in the air in China. So I wonder if, you know, you've got your your core um, threat actors, and then you've got this population of I don't want to call them middling people, but people who wouldn't necessarily fall into that lifestyle, but don't have a choice or these threat actors as a service services are like, you know, what, what an easy way to market. Like, Hey, are you hungry? Hey, is your kid cold? Would you like to make a hundred thousand dollars by doing not much except attacking America? Like, you know what I mean? That's, it sounds like a kind of an easy, an easy sell, you know, I mean, obviously yeah, even, check your morals at the door, but yeah, I mean, that goes right into the whole insider threat where, you know, Lapsus was major for it. Hey, I'll give you $10,000, just open up any desk session or whatever and get just walk away, go take lunch or something, you know, and, you know, it, you're, you're able to really do that. I mean, NVIDIA had, they were down in South America and that whole thing came up and they got, you know, hacked and everything like that, but they hacked back kind of like what the previous comment is. What about the U.S. other countries? And that's really a, a sticky sticky subject to talk about where you know it's it's frowned upon from the u.s government standpoint to hack back yeah. right will you go to jail for it probably not but you're going to have some very unpleasant conversations with some men in uh dark jackets yeah yeah i think actually that question was like are we seeing like threat actors i'm assuming uh just been of like are we seeing threat actors in the u.s and yes where it's yes very rare. it's rare do you know mm -hmm. why it's because of you know one a lot of the places that you're looking at have very <laughs> minimal like extradition treaties mm -hmm. like it's hard to get to them that's why you're seeing a lot of them like from russia because yeah sure there's threat actors in russia like we know where they are but is russia going to hand them over no like yeah yeah, and that's exactly. why you're seeing a lot of those, you know, the, the Russia and, and, you know, China and the, those organizations in which, you know, the U.S. is like, well, you know, we, you, you feel like the little kid that somebody took your popsicle, you know, mommy, they took my popsicle. It's like, OK, get over it. Like the, they're just not going to hand those threat actors over. Yeah. Now we're yeah and I mean, think of it from an economic standpoint where you're you're a third world country, you your GDP, GDP is through the floor, your civilians are starving but you've got a hacker group inside of there that is ex exfiltrating usd converting it to crypto and putting it to theirs they're going to immediately spend it in their own local economy mm -hmm. for food gas whatever so they're going to look the other way it's like we're of course getting taxes from that income as well mm -hmm. but it's a boost to their local economy so yeah absolutely they're going to look the other way especially when the entire section is hurting well, that's exactly how North Korea is working right now. Yeah. Oh, Lazar Lazarus, that's how they're, that's how they're funding that is their North main Korea. import. <laughs> <laughs> that is their GDP. Now, CyberSight Canada or Cyber Insight Canada actually had a really it wasn't a question, but I thought it was interesting enough. And I'd love your thoughts on this, Eric. And then Joel, um, he said expat Russian expats in Cuba. So I I'm curious, are, are, based on the TTPs and the behaviors that you're seeing in some of these emerging threat actor countries like Cuba, like some of the South American ones. Do you think that they, the citizens of those regions are growing and maturing and becoming these sophisticated actors? I use that uh, in quotes, right? Or is it, is it sophisticated threat actors from known countries like Russia and uh, Romania and China, you know, obviously not North Korea, but Iran, Pakistan, um, moving to warmer climates. Like, hey, you know what sucks? Romania in the winter. You know what's not bad? Cuba in the winter. Like, let's go to Cuba. So uh, based on what you know, limited, and, you know, this is a threat intel report, actually, I guess. Um, what's your confidence level on expats being the threat actors versus the country itself growing up? So, I don't... This is all pure speculation. I don't have any hard facts on this. Yep. Are there people relocating? Absolutely. I guarantee it. Um, what's the percentage of it? I'm sure it's pretty low. Um, you know, a lot of these people are pretty, they got roots in their local environment. They got family, kids, 
you know, extended family, whatever. So the chance of them, you know, upping and completely moving to a different country is probably very minimal, you know, where we have a mindset here in the country. It's like you grow up and you leave a nest. But you look at, you know, South America, they their whole family is always together. And you'll see that in other countries as well, you know, where you're, it's not unnormal for mom, grandma, great grandma, multi-generations to be either in the same house or very, very close to each other. Mm -hmm. So them relocating is very, very hard. But we do see, you know, there are the what I call the startup ransomware groups like the uh, Phobos and Dharma, you know, where it doesn't take a lot of skill to do it. Um, and the payouts are very, very small. But as you progress and you get better and better at being a threat actor, then you can be able to go and say, hey, I got street cred because I hacked all these companies. I did all these techniques and I learned how to do Mimi Cats and I learned how to do Cobalt Strike and things of that nature so they can advance themselves up to a level of, um, you know, Lockbit or whatever, Cuba Ransomware and Hive and stuff like that to, you know, make more money. So, you know, think of it as your, your local freelance person, you know, that just quit the plumbing company last week and wants to go out on their own they're going to do you know for bottom part uh bottom base uh bottom price you know repairs because they're just getting out on their own right so they don't have you know a whole lot of street cred they're they're trying to pick up all the side jobs they can to feed their family but as they get better and better and hire a tech or two and you know their prices are going to go up and they're going to be able to get a better clientele it's the same thing mm-hmm yeah, any thought, Joel? Do you want to any thoughts or follow up on kind of expats versus homegrown? Um, I mean, yeah, with Russia, like in, in Russia in general, um, there's not. I don't think, um, like 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 Eric said, there's it's just speculation, really. I mean, unless you're in those groups and you're having those conversations with those people, you you really don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, from my from my opinion, I don't think there's a lot of moving per se like geolocation from russia i mean they're safe they're not fighting a war in their home turf now like when you go to like ukraine there's literally war and and their country so the, the 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 ransomware groups and the threat actor groups and stuff like that were that were usually based in ukraine oh yeah they're they're gone they're they're setting up they're setting up stakes elsewhere it, mm -hmm. it's it's where you, you kind of also have to look at you know what's going on in in the strategic and political landscape um like with sanctions and stuff like that so um where the the part of the threat intel that i do um as far as like ransomware groups there there mm -hmm. are some moving from russia just for the sheer fact of the sanctions that the us is putting on them like they're they're not able to get the money but you do have those um you know those family oriented people that are like well you know grandma can't move she has a bum leg you know so you can't just pick up but for the majority the people that are you know the 18 to 25 you know the kids that, that you know like that they're like oh well i have nothing keeping me here and it's easier for me to just go move and you know go move somewhere warm or go move to brazil or go yeah. move you know <laughs> you know god forbid hawaii you know <laughs> yeah and then just pull up a vpn and you're doing stuff there the like... mahala threat actor group <laughs> so you a, just spoke uh, that to existence now i got another ttp to look out for thanks yep yep no worries my 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 uh, pleasure so uh i do want we got a couple minutes left on the stream i want to thank uh eric taylor and joel belton cyber threat intel threat experts for sharing all their thoughts all their tools uh one last question i think it's a great one nicholas asked uh, Joel, you can start with your response. Um, you know, if someone was like, Hey, like I'm, I'm either not in cybersecurity or I'm in cybersecurity, but I'm like, you know, a GRC clipboard guy, or I work in a sock. Like, how could I, how could I get better at threat Intel? Like what, what's the path? What's what, how could I learn? Like, you know, cause just going to alien vault and reading the thread, like, you know, maybe that's it, but you don't have context. You don't understand how it fits. What would you say to Nicholas, Joel? Um, actually I was going to answer this. Uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, there, there are some like try hack me. I know there there's a, um, there's a, there's a try hack me box on, you know, getting in intro to threat Intel. I know, uh, Mr. Haircut fish. I think he did a, a, uh, a write up on that. Mm -hmm. uh, 
um yeah there's the the try hack me i know there, there's a there are a couple um pass that way i mean there's so many classes um uh, but for the most part it's literally learning how to research um just mm -hmm. open up google pick pick a threat actor like you know conti you know just just pick a particular threat actor and use them as like a research point on you know who are they you know what what are their what are their drives why do they do it what what countries and stuff get good at like researching a particular topic um like ransomware malware you know just just pick kind of a topic and go from there like i like i stated like most most of my stuff is apt groups ransomware group like the group itself but i mean threat intel could literally just be picking a malware and dissecting it uh, you know reverse engineering malware analysis and stuff like that so just get good at like analyzing and researching a particular topic and that's that's usually kind of where you get your start um and then just get used to reading a lot of the the thread intel feeds start looking at mandiant start looking at you know the miter attack framework like we said before i mean a lot of the stuff is getting mapped to miter attack framework so getting used to looking at that so you know you're you're able to take a particular you know uh feed or article and mapping it to miter attack framework going oh well this threat actor they they used phishing they did this they did this and start mapping it out and start getting used to seeing that type of thing you, you'll, you'll you'll start you'll start realizing that's that's the majority of threat intel is research okay i like it eric what, what are your thoughts for the burgeoning threat intelligence analyst no, i got none no just kidding um yeah i mean try do the try hack me you know they definitely have advanced it it used to be just a giant ctf but you know even casually joseph who works for me and some other folks have uh you know let me see the light that try hack me has definitely become a little bit more advanced these days um once you kind of felt like you've outskilled that one i would go to conferences like black hills information security because you can literally john strand and Bo and um alex you can sit there and buy them a couple cups of uh, coffee or Coke or beer, and they will unleash their world to you. And I mean, and then once you get ready for the big times, go to Sands. You know, that'd be the steps that I would do. Um, a lot of these, uh, a lot of these groups, a lot of the Sands instructors like John Strand, um, they have their own companies and they have their own independent conferences. So start looking for them, um, learn as much as you can from them and then go up to the big leagues, if you will. All right. So th this is all great information, all actionable Intel. Again, I said this on the morning stream, uh, the daily cyber threat briefing this morning, uh, or I said it to someone I was interviewed earlier. I forget where I said it, but basically all the stuff is there. All the guidance is there. Like you just have to put the time and effort and energy and there's no easy button whether it's cyber threat intelligence SOC analyst grc there's no easy button and breaking in and getting the job like it's hard work to get there and then here's a spoiler alert once you get there it's hard work to do the job right like you don't just like you don't just climb the mountain and then you like i'm here yeah yeah no no, no. <laughs> that doesn't work you have to keep working and the, the the techniques the behaviors the practices that you develop while trying to break in that's you're just going to continue doing that. That's why that's why cybersecurity is a lifestyle and one that isn't for everybody. It's not it's not being exclusionary or gatekeeping. It's like literally you got to really be into it because you're going to be doing it a lot. Uh, these are great resources. I want to thank our uh, guests today, Joel and Eric Taylor from Barricade Cyber Solutions. Joel uh, redacted from redacted. A um, <laughs> lot, lot of great resources, guys. Look at all the. Uh, the links in chat, if you go to the Simply Cyber Discord server, all of the comments are actually captured in the uh, stream chat channel on Discord. So you can scroll back up and get to the URLs if you'd like to do that. Um, I want to thank all of you for being here. Uh, we are at 60 people right now. This was a pop-up stream, so there was no promotion. There was no socializing, none of that. Um, I want to remind everybody of a couple of things before we bug out of here. One, later tonight at, um, I think, 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, DJ Bsec is on Twitch. He is one of the mods. He's in chat right now. He will be doing the first night of Advent of Cyber, Try Hack Me's Advent of Cyber, live on stream. 
Um, and if you don't know what that is, it's a cool thing that TriHackMe does every year um, where basically um, it's 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 like an advent calendar. It's, it's 24 days of challenges. He's going to be doing one live on stream later today. Go to twitch.tv uh, slash DJBSEC. I'll drop it in chat also. If you guys are interested, he, he runs a cool stream. It's usually him DJ and stuff like that, but it, it's a fun stream. He knows what he's doing. He puts on a good show. Uh, that would definitely be fun. Um, and that I think that's all. Oh, oh, oh. And the other thing I just wanted to share with everybody um, is cybersecuritycares.com. This is just a uh, for the next week or so. Um, it's an ongoing kind of uh, charity donation type request thing. If you go to cybersecurity-cares.com, you'll see it. Um, basically, 91 percent, 91 cents of every dollar donated will go directly towards putting food in a hungry kid's mouth. Right? It's not. It's not. It's not like 10 cents of every dollar. Like this thing has been vetted by independent auditors and. Um, you know, like this little girl is going to eat because people are donating. I personally donate a hundred bucks. You don't need to donate. I'm just making you aware that this is a charity that I am aligning with. You can see Simply Cyber is proud to be affiliated with this. Lima Charlie's been running uh, the effort, but I want to share with you uh, that cybersecurity dash cares um, is definitely uh, a great, a great, um, a great initiative and one that I'm happy to be associated with. Because, All right, guys. I, I just want to be, you know, you know me, and I like to mess with people because Adam did the whole Greek language and everything, and that was a shout out to you, Joel, for ice cream when he did that uh, that language. But since he says he wants Flipper Zero so bad, I'm just holding up all the all the different boxes of Flipper Zero that I have. Oh my god! What? <laughs> what? What a boss! You just Flipper Zeros for days? Yeah, he bought them on the dark web. Oh, all right. <laughs> I love it. I love it, guys. All right. So that's going to do it for today's stream. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Joel and Eric, for being here. Guys, we'll catch you tomorrow at 8 a.m. Eastern time for the cyber, uh, daily cyber threat briefing. And then tomorrow at 4.30 p.m., a very special pilot episode of a brand new show. There's going to be all sorts of mistakes made, a lot of audio issues. So if you want to see <laughs> what it looks like when it's not smooth uh, and be part of helping shape what this new show is going to be, come over to the Simply Cyber office hours after dark um confessions or whatever we haven't named the show yet it's a working title no uh, come on now we don't want to be like a showtime show no i know well that's where i was going yes the exactly. after dark confessions dom, bom, yeah. bom, bom. you'll have to like flip back and forth with the ab switch if you guys are old enough to know what i'm talking oh, about my God. To, to, to get yes. the street to get the uh the blurry <laughs> thing to clear up that's channel a, three that's a, it's channel yeah, three that's an old <laughs> reference for people with gray in their hair um, yes all right, y'all. Thanks so much, guys. We'll see you tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. Take care, everybody.